everybody, and welcome to The Spread. It's your girl, Kaz. And just a quick check-in. Are you guys subscribed to the podcast? Because we kind of need you to be. That way, when we release an episode, you will be the first people to know. So it's really simple because we are on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, and of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. All we need you to do is click the subscribe button, then give us five stars, and then write a lovely review and let the world know how you feel about this podcast. That way, we can keep being number one, and then we can keep putting out these podcasts for you. It's a win-win, I promise. (laughs) Please don't forget to also subscribe to our social media gang. That's at The Spread Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's where you get all of the information of everything that's happening on The Spread. And if you want to send us an email, our email address is host at thespreadpodcast.com. And what better way to kick off this Pride Month than with an episode on Queer Conversations? This episode in particular is a bit of an emotional roller coaster. The unfortunate event that it describes where a gay man, a Kenyan gay man, in the front of the spread was brutally attacked and left for dead is unfortunately not a rare thing that happens in Kenya and many other countries where same sex is criminalized. I mean, isn't it strange that the words love and criminal could ever live in the same sentence? <sighs> the rhetoric around same-sex relationships in Kenya is just so ridiculous that they had us laughing, tearing up, and yelling all over this episode. To quote our guest, when you're queer presenting in Nairobi, you will be seen. And that is a security risk. Now, there's a lot of queer folk in the city who are looking for their tribe. Because in a country that decides every single day to treat some of its citizens as subhuman, Community and a sense of family is most times all we have. And there's a lot of queer organizations happening in safe and accessible spaces in Nairobi, and we wanted to share some information about these spaces with you. And please, we urge you to share this episode with anyone who you think might need it. If you're queer and listening to this and struggling to live your best life in a space that is often so painfully hostile, remember, you are human, you are dope as fuck, and you are not alone. The spread loves you, boo. Hey, yeah. I want to show you places that I won't let nobody else see. I'll let you go inside to the places I want to hide. I don't want nobody else seeing me naked. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio today, we have our wonderful guest, Eva. Hi, people. (laughs) But also, I have to add that in the studio, we also have my dogs, Max and Google, who may feature every so often with some barking, some moaning. Max is like an old man. He likes to, he's hungry, so he's just going to be like, so if you hear those sounds, those are my dogs. Please forgive them, for they know not what they do. But we have a very exciting topic happening today. A lot of my listeners have been asking to do a queer episode. Yeah. Just, that's all. It's just like, please do something for the LGBTQIA community. That's it. And so I wasn't exactly sure what to focus on, but I figured that you would be the best person to do this episode with. And that's because you have a podcast called Queer Kenyan Queer, Kenyan queer questions. questions. Okay, so Kenyan Queer Questions, where can people find it? Oh, uh, on SoundCloud. 
Okay. Yeah, all episodes of the first seasons are there. Back on season two in the middle of this year. You promise? Yeah, promise. And you know, when, you know when you say it, <laughs> it's word. It has to be so. <laughs> no, we have to. <laughs> Even if I didn't plan to. Yeah, so by media we are gonna release season two and this episode was very important and has led us to deciding to start recording season two at this particular time. Yeah, excited. So what is the podcast about? Oh so the podcast is by I, Ima Reed and Anthony Lodge. And what we do is every week weekly we are sent questions on anything around same topic we are having today, queerness, and we address the questions that have been sent in, whichever, whatever information we have to share, and sometimes once in a while we have a guest, like here, yeah. and we share knowledge, argue, fight, and love. Fighting is funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's quite cool. So it's kind of like uh, creating a safe space for queer people. Yes, and a conversation around that. Yeah, because I, I know there's a lot of people who don't know where to go. Actually, yeah, that's uh, the biggest problem of navigating queerness in Africa, particularly. Where to, who to, who is like me. Yeah, I found my people like when I was 20 or something. Mm. They're not really my people, they're just homosexuals like me, but I felt like they were my people at that moment. And then yeah. you start spotting them in town. At that time, people would wear the rainbow bracelets. So you just get somewhere and you're like, uh, and then you walk around the block and get to that place. Yeah, and you just do a, a <laughs> nightbrow thing and you come back and you're like, hi, can I see you? You're like, yes, no. That's where you find us. And I would be given clubs and events people would show up at. But I feel even now we're still natured in that way. You need access. You need a person mm. to access the spaces due to the security concern, which is very understandable yeah, at this moment. Of course, yeah, yeah. So for people out there listening, wanting to know where social gatherings happen, yeah. is there a way that we can give them information without like like in a safe way? Yeah, I feel social media has saved queer organizing in Kenya particularly. Yeah. So what has worked to be safer for us is people leaving messages in our the websites that are the sites that are held by organizations and individuals who are willing to advocate for queerness okay. and most events are organized on social media that's the best part so okay. you just need to link to a few pages and there are people who will suggest you on events what are some of the pages um, people to follow um, for queer women there's a rainbow women kenya you can have a conversation there and it's is that like instagram on facebook facebook mostly mm -hmm. uh we have something called uh ishta msm it's an organization, mm. Ishta, the goddess of fertility, mm -hmm. yeah, MSM, it's a queer organization, and they have a wellness department that helps queer men link up to each other, mm -hmm. and the activities happening within a particular month are shared. Afro Kenya, which is the organization I work for, we also share such information. That's okay. A-F-R-A, Kenya. Okay, yeah. so what I'm going to do is, guys, just go into the comment section below and... I'm going to send all those links. I'm going to add all of the social media pages if um, those are some of the social things that you guys want to do. Now, Ima. Yes. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a, a short story. There was a friend of mine, like, towards the end of December last year, who 
found himself in a very unfortunate situation. He's a, he's a gay man, and he had taken a matatu on his way home in the middle of, like in the morning-ish, after the, after the hang. Yeah. And he lived, at the time, he lived those sides of Ruaka. Mm-hmm. And he got into the matatu, he was sitting in the front, you know, where the driver is, and then there's yeah. two passengers. But he was sitting in the front, and one of the conductors came and sat next to him. And they drove him to his destination, but after a while, they kind of realized this man's sexuality. And then they started to torture him. So they started to beat him, and they decided to, like, when they got to Ruaka, I think the Matatu was supposed to go further than that, but when they got to Ruaka, everybody was told to, to alight from the Matatu, and they kidnapped him and took him God knows where. And they, like, just beat the living daylights out of him, and they threatened to kill him. And this poor guy for like hours was like in the middle of nowhere with these two men who just like harmed him and these are the situations i'm giving this as an example because this is a friend of mine um and he told me his story personally and there's nothing like not knowing what to do he refused to go to hospital because he was he said he has been beaten before because of his sexuality he has been to hospital but because of his sexuality he doesn't get the yes. proper health care because a lot of people are, are judging him or whatever it is that... I think the word is homophobia. Homophobic mm. motherfuckers mm. do. Yes, let's not be polite about this. <laughs> yeah. So I know that there is a lot of people who, um, who have had their moments with like homophobic abuse mm. from different parts of Kenya, different parts of Nairobi is like what can we do to help or what are some of the facilities if i'm going to be specific what what are some of the healthcare facilities that are safer for queer people to go to um first story about your friend i'm yeah, sorry to I him know. yeah that's amazing asshole motherfuckers yeah and to be honest in kenya it's not that rare this is a case we've handled a lot of times they as i said most of what we can lean on at this moment it's not it's civil society owned in terms of resources to take care of such things that are very difficult to organize individually when the risk was not seen coming at any way and i feel there are there's a security response mechanism set up uh there is the national game that's been human rights commission it's the one currently taking the petition for the decriminalization against homosexuality in Kenya to the High Court at this moment. And the, a call to their organization is all you need for you to get legal assistance to that. How the uh, organizing is set up, there is a chance. If you call one person, they're supposed to link you to the health response, which will be provided by Ishta MSM or Hoimas, and sometimes we liaison with Nairobi Women's Hospital. They have helped us handle a lot of cases. Yeah, and um, as I said, we will provide the sites that you need to reach that space. Some of them have hotlines, and that too will make sure it's provided for anybody who might need it at a particular moment. And what all this always leads me to is the bigger conversation of address of homophobia because a society that really believes that there's a difference between two persons based on how they perform sexually and where or with whom they do will always these are not situations that we're supposed to be finding logic for and creating systems for is yeah. what's most annoying about it 
I'll leave it at that. No, girl, preach. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, can you imagine? I mean, we could definitely spend our afternoon being angry at <laughs> the people who are sitting in government and deciding yeah. what we should do with our bodies. And there's and more our... hate towards the same persons who are so such minorities in a space whereby nobody can... How do you go to hospital and no one can address your yeah. case? And in the same... Yeah. And in the same breath... Uh, our president is sitting and saying it's a non-issue. It's a non-issue. Okay, it's a non-issue. Give me a, a physician in my hospital as a queer and all my physical needs can be addressed yeah. there. Yeah. This separation won't work. But then I've realized deeply that the anger towards the homophobe has not solved much, especially in a country whereby ignorance is the issue. Religion is the underlying factor of yes. why we see each other this way. And a conversation about a penal code, that even its own writers have abandoned and religious views that are already not in existence where they live. It makes no sense, love. Exactly. <laughs> but here we are. And Look, I hope I all actually... queers out there are just being strong <laughs> on this. Like, oh, we love you. We are yes, not alone. Yes, You're not alone. Yes. I mean, I was actually in court at the last um, session and it was yeah. so interesting to see like what the opposing... What Did you, you hear them? those arguments? Oh my gosh, I could not believe it. I went for... Two hearings. Those idiots. I was intellectually insulted. Not oh, even in terms of my sexuality. Is, yeah, my sexuality was fine. Because a whole <laughs> lawyer has gone to law school. And this is what he said. Exactly. Did you just say Sodom and Gomorrah? I finished that argument when I was seven against myself. Like I already called myself that and covered that and found a way around it. Like what the, in court. Imagine. I know, I know, I know. I, I honestly, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I couldn't believe it. But if we allow, uh, uh, if we allow people to have same-sex intimacy, if we legalize it, then everybody is gonna become a homosexual, and we won't. People won't be procreating. We won't have. Children. We won't have children. Yet. What? What? Kwanjenga is a rehabilitation center for the youth of the streets, whereby they're neglected and abused every day. Have we cared about those children? Mm. We, I think not just the country. I feel it's a global thing right now. The hypocrisy we are writing this life on, yeah. it's just on another level. Yeah. And we need to check ourselves repeatedly, like on podcasts like this. Exactly. <laughs> Power to the podcast. Power to your podcast. I can't wait for season two. Pressure, 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 pressure. Oh, God. <laughs> Even if you have to do it yourself. I don't care. Okay, it will be here. <laughs> okay, so basically, before I called you and you know when I was reaching out on social media to the fans of the yeah. spread I kind of wanted to find out what the queer community that are listening to the spread want to know like if they had any questions yeah. the most prominent question that I received on my Instagram mm. was somebody saying I just think that the fear of being like your whole and true self in public. You have to watch how you hold your partner. You have to watch out for who knows. And if someone, quote unquote, powerful doesn't like you for any reason, the fact that they can use your sexuality as something to hold over your head because it could end up with you being arrested or worse. Just having to tiptoe in your life generally and, and you can't show love. Like you can show love to your partner, but not too much. So I think that kind of response is what I received the most people being like so how do we conduct ourselves in public someone said last year queer means rapable killable and that's a reality no one faces until they are 
power under anybody who is rubbed off in any way by their sexuality or their gender particularly. I think their response is mostly towards how we are defined gender more than I think it's how we are navigating it that bothers them more than anything else. And it's not something we are conscious of as human beings, but our tie to patriarchy and our love for masculinity is why we will hate the man who decides to forgo masculinity and pick femininity. And a woman who looks masculine will make us feel uncomfortable. Whether we are men or women, so, you don't belong there. That's the point. And that's not only on sexuality or gender identity based conversations. Everywhere, anyone who has power over you will try and use what is not actually legally acceptable against you. That's, that's the need to make sure laws actually reflect the trueness of our society and not just our idea moralistically of what we want to create. That doesn't work. But being queer and navigating Nairobi especially has been one of the most interesting, difficult and complex journeys of my life to walk into anywhere and fast way. Like, and let's be real, when you're queer and queer presenting, more importantly, in Nairobi, yeah, yeah. you will always be seen. Yeah. You will be seen repeatedly. And the, already that is a security risk in itself. There's no, there'll be, it will be better or, no, I'm just sending you strength <laughs> and asking you yeah. to watch out when you see a situation is getting dangerous, you don't have a person around you or you don't have, like, it's hard for me to walk around Nairobi without enough money for calling for help or fair or to enter Buddha in case of anything as is coming my way or without someone who will, you know, for example, even the most uh, liberal spaces. It's hard for me to go to the toilet without a female presenting person to defend my gender. So that happens to a girlfriend of mine as well. Every you have actually defended me once. We were the alchemist, and I swear I stood there for a while. And then guys are talking when I'm leaving, and you're like, hi. And they all chill when they realize you call me she. And that really? was, yeah. And that was, we were highly drunk. That's the best part. Like, why are you interfering with my high yeah. people? I'm here to have a good time. But there's something about gender that makes us see and judge, see and judge. It's the one thing we feel very comfortable deciding where to place it and how to hold. And I feel that's a conversation for us throughout life as the people who present as cisgender or or gender non-conforming or gender binary or queer people or straight people, Mm. whatever you... Wherever on the rainbow you Yeah, you will always have to navigate and actually uh, negotiate your power and space yeah and, and, I, and i definitely feel it's it's, it's more for gender identity identification because yeah. people will judge your yeah. sexuality based on how yeah, you look and two straight not, presenting not even women asking. even if they are queer nobody exactly. cares exactly. nobody bothers them as much yeah yeah unless affection now is shown so now affection is another level i'm not qualified to speak of you've seen my problems are basic because <laughs> i'm queer <laughs> presenting through and through yeah. yeah so like holding my lover's hand is something i feel and actually this conversation has been bothering me a lot i feel holding my lover's hand is me putting myself in risk yeah yeah because i know exactly how that is responded to yeah. i know exactly what to expect and yet, you know, I don't understand this. Yet, if you go to a club, there's so many girls making out. I feel like it's almost unfair because, like, um, queer, 
not not queer. It's specifically femme lesbian sexuality as long as it's accepted by the straight man. Yeah, and, and it's acceptable. not accepted as much as it is objectified. And it's actually that's right. Yes, You're right. It's objectified. Yeah. Um, so, just if you don't mind, maybe just sharing with us a little bit about your own personal journey and your story and how you yeah. identify, just to, so that whoever's oh. listening can have a better view or version of who you really are. Mm, Even though that's not who you are. You that's, know what I mean. No, it's just a big answer, so we're going to shrink it and summarize it. Okay, let's do that. I am Eva Reed. I am 30, turned 30, feeling all excitement. I don't know why. 30 sucks. <laughs> oh God, go. don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm already excited. I'm sticking to it. Uh, I'm a mother of an 11-year-old boy. Um, I work for, I'm the director of Africa Kenya. I'm a gender fuck. To be honest. A gender fuck? I'm a gender fuck. My goal what does in that life mean? I've in never expression. heard that line. <laughs> I've never heard that line in my life. So this is how we are gonna do it. Okay. Uh, when I am teaching police and your magistrates about sexuality, I say there's gender orientation, there's gender identity, and there's gender expression. Uh, yes. sexual orientation, gender identity and gender expression. Yes. So my sexual orientation I have identified as a lesbian woman okay. most of my life. And you just see me, you see dyke. You I am those kind of things. <laughs> and in terms of gender identity i identify as a female person which helps me just fuck up spaces because yeah. nobody expects this to identify as female and i cross dress as much as possible and sometimes when i dress feminine it looks very much like cross dressing <laughs> yeah, so i wa- i navigate life in a as a political statement as we all do leaning a lot on just making people question what they think gender is or sexuality is. But as I get older, I'm leaning more towards the conversations around gender more than my sexuality, I think. It's because I went through most of that when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I, I, I get it. I <laughs> and I like it. I like it. I like it. But yeah, it's, it's difficult for people. Man, Kenya sucks balls. <laughs> 30 sucks balls. No, 30 works out, please. <laughs> I've been waiting 30? for 10 years for this. Don't say this. No, only 30. Like between yeah. 30 and 31. Yeah. Once you get to 31, Mine everything Mine was 20, well, age 29. I think I've sucked. Yeah, yeah, enough shit. Like, can I move on, please? I need peace now. Yeah, I guess it also, it also brings around that newness. Like, yeah. I'm starting afresh. I'm in my 30s. I'm really adulting. And adulting I love sucks. newness. Yeah. Actually, I'm I'm happiest when I'm creating yeah. new things, a new yeah. life, a new like creative path. Because I'm just I'm like I'm fully creative, and I only know how to to do things, but that are brand new. So I honestly, after a year of doing something, I begin to get bored, and I just need, in order for me to keep doing it, it needs to reinvent itself. It needs to be different. Like, I totally, what am I going to do? Totally it? relate, but I yeah. I am having a very deep conversation with myself around how to not throw things away when they're not new and fun, even ideas, especially ideas. Yeah. But maybe some people like the end part and others are for And other people like the beginning. Actually, that's that's a thing that I recently (laughs) learned to reconcile with myself because, also because 
people are always saying why are you always like starting things and like you don't really go through to the end i was like yeah like and that feels very deep my... as a pain at first the first yeah. time i had it i was like why the fuck are you trying to burn me yeah like, <laughs> but the thing is i'm just like but this is my purpose in life yeah. to create i know that my purpose in life is to create and every single thing that i create in the beginning is magic <laughs> i'm a magical beginning creator you can do the rest of the goddamn work <laughs> Like, and sometimes it grows itself. Yeah, you know. it does. I've seen some things grow. I've seen some things fail. That's life. Okay, let me see if we can get back to some of these questions. Okay. We have one lady who wrote to us from the States. As a queer woman in the U.S., I was never taught about sexuality or queer sex. I had to find my information through blogs and other resources like Planned Parenthood. In countries where information is restricted or limited, that resources do queer... F- Oh, sorry. In countries where information is restricted or limited, what resources do queer folks have to be safe and responsible partners? Like, I think she means like here in Kenya. <laughs> yeah, those countries. Yeah. Things are limited. In other um, countries where you guys don't have things like this. Yeah, how are you surviving? <laughs> this is how we are surviving. And electricity. <laughs> <laughs> we are surviving like this. Um... As expected, yes, you're right. It's hard to find that information. And at this particular moment, you're at a better space of accessing that information than ever before. And to be honest, Kenyans as queers seem to be getting more information than other people even in the first world, considering how much access we have to the internet and how good we are with it. And that, like your case, leads me to a conversation of the dangers of us using Western education and documentation to navigate our own sexuality that wasn't based on much and let's not be selfish straight people either yeah sexuality as a conversation in this country is very difficult to access from people with the knowledge that you need they can't even share it amongst themselves first this is why i am here oh we have cars so (laughs) I i will say like for me my I love information. I enjoy feeding my mind anything I can get. So it bothered me a lot what she's asking right now when I couldn't find other queer identifying or gay or lesbian persons around me. But when I finally accessed, accessed the community and found people who had this knowledge and who taught me what it meant to be queer before colonial times, what it meant to be queer in Africa in terms of our spirituality, just as we sit right now, not before then, but right now, and the power that we hold as women who are also queer, those people, they were personal relationships. These were people you, and you have to create a rapport. It's, Information is power, and it's costly nowadays. Yeah. So you have to navigate and negotiate anything you need just to access it. And friends have been the easiest way for me. I've found a lot of books being written currently on queerness. And How do you uh, specifically mm-hmm. having same sex? Oh, same sex. Oh, uh, how do you? Oh, where do you get God. information on how to sleep with a woman? You know, it, also the information on how to sleep with a man is is a lot more accessible. You know, there's love scenes in movies; people yeah. show that. And then there is uh, the worst place. I always say it's the worst place to mm. get information if you're not switched on. If you're not mm. woke, porn. Pop. If you're woke, 
And you can go, you know what you're looking and for. And if you're you looking for how lesbians have sex in porn, let's say that's walk the, is that's... a stretch. <laughs> let's, let's elevate at that. Especially considering what a distorted idea of lesbian sex pornography usually yeah. shows. But Also, oh, I need to just give a shout out to my girl who has a podcast called The Wildness. Yes. Uh, Tiv, girl. So I was listening to their podcast yesterday, and um, one of their one of the co-hosts was talking about how she she's been having relationships with men, yeah. and she's been enjoying heterosexual sex. Yeah. And then she dated a woman, and she, it was for her. It was almost like starting again. Like, yeah. how am I going? I don't know how to have sex with women. I used to be so good with men. I'm failing now. I think, actually, I went through that. I think everybody does. There's something so. about a woman like, but I think even men went through that thing too. Where by yeah, the first time you saw a woman in front of you, I'm like, where do I start? And I'm sure everything I'm doing is a fail. Like, yeah, yeah I think that's where we needed the sexual conversations in our teenage because the beginning is always messy messy uncertain and you don't know but the truth is i feel (laughs) a conversation about ourselves is what was missing someone to tell us just be you communicate and have fun during sex and that's all yes but then there's the social pressure if you're having sex in a same-sex setup within a community space there is the reviews like you can go to talk to your people and say like this is how it went like your friend you tell them i'm feeling scared about this and when it goes through you'll go say this is what happened this is how i felt and the truth is bodies are different especially female bodies what I'm trying not to say is, <laughs> yes. fuck how you feel like. If your person is consensually wants to be there with you, they will express very easily. What doesn't work? What doesn't work? No, no correction is at you. It's about satisfaction. And the goal is to please each other. And that just means saying, touch there, or maybe I've been thinking about it. And let's just listen to your... I feel our fantasies are like our intuition in life, the way you say, I feel that's the right road. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, practicing, tapping more into our fantasies with our partners helps us find out what else is in store within us. Because I feel our sexual journey is more about us within ourselves more than our partners or how we engage with other people. How many orgasms you can attain or you want to attain or where you want to access within you sexually. I think it's about sitting with you and your body and appreciating you and loving you more than how will I perform with that person. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And also being on the receiving end of like... Uh, a sexual encounter I believe that if you're not enjoying yourself during sex it's just because you're not telling your partner what it is that you like and even if you need to tell your partner several times (laughs) I mean I definitely believe that there are some people that are better than other people in bed yes (laughs) we're not having that debate love we are not having that I I do you wanna wanna hold to that okay let's agree yes but I think like sex can't be terrible I mean you can definitely have a terrible one night stand I accept or several uh, yeah, if they're one night stands, yes, you know what I mean? But yes. if you're in a relationship and you're constantly having bad sex, it's because yeah. you're not communicating with your partner. Yeah. That's what it is. But also, sorry, especially if you're really at your early stages right now. We are speaking from privilege. 
just go sit with a close old dyke who you feel might have information on this and just eat pussy. Yeah, like and also read up things. Go to Hola Africa. Hola Africa. Yes, like shout out to Hola. You'll find all you need to please yourself, to please your mind and your partner, whatever you need. Yeah, there's a more elaborate and maybe demonstrations in there. Yeah. Okay, we we agree. We agreement. Uh, I have one more question. Hey, Kaz. So this is my current situation. I've been with this gorgeous girl from some time last year. We had, <laughs> no, right? we had a good thing going on, still do, but then I'm not sexually attracted to her as when Ooh. we started. I've asked a couple of my friends if it's normal for them to want to end the sex with their partners before it even starts. And one out of ten of them relates. Thing is... I do still have sex with her, but my mind is hardly ever in the sex or in the moment because I keep thinking about my ex. I did reach out to my ex (laughs) only to realize that they too are sexually frustrated. And now I'm not sure if I should have sex with my ex just to keep the relationship with my current. Also, this is after listening to the Wildness podcast where Tiff and Amanda, yo, you guys, you guys are just featuring. You're featuring. (laughs) The Wildness is featuring on the spread too much mentioned how wrong it is to go down on your ex. I can't lose my girl because I love her, but I can't stop thinking of my ex. I believe it's a situation that happens to most, but they don't talk about it. Also talk about polyamorous queers who are bisexual, the dynamics and whatnot. Please leave me anonymous. Anonymous. I need one elaboration. Um, Don't go down on your X. What did Tip say? Was the reason? It was Manda. She didn't. I oh. didn't actually. I was listening to the podcast yesterday, but I didn't yeah. listen. I didn't. I don't remember that. Yeah. But I imagine that it has something to do with, with the emotional attachment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the minute, the, and I think it's just like the minute you go fucking your ex. Already, why did you need to bring Canalingus into this? Like, I found that very specific. Like, don't like your target in your head. Ex. Like you're trying to talk shit about heads. I think it's don't give. Don't. I don't know actually. I can't I can't imagine what it is. I don't know if it's like don't I don't know. I actually don't know. Okay. Oh sweetheart. I I feel there's enough freedoms as a queer black woman I need to negotiate in Africa and in my country and any place I occupy. I will not negotiate my pleasure. So I will only answer from a past perspective, which is every woman should have what pleases them. Deeply. I would love to say if you're a committed in a committed relationship, that's a conversation that should be very open with your partner too, whereby they understand where you are at. But that's my privilege talking. Let's not lie, like we can tell our lover we wanna fuck somebody else when they are fucking us. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the utopia we hope for that we can communicate that well. It's polyamorous beings. Yes. So us in our polyamory, we really believe <laughs> that if at all I desire somebody and I am within the safety of my primary partner's uh, conversation, love, I am allowed to be with the person I desire to be with. Then if you can have that conversation, please be. Second, can we sit with ourselves fully? I feel the language we are using has made us mask a lot of bullshit as polyamory. So, what is polyamory really? Why are we with the partners we pick in our polyamory? Like, 
okay, there's an ex, that's a person who you had a previous relationship with. But a lot of us sit in our polyamory and, this, and feel a need to bring our ex since now we are allowing other people. This one I am still in love with should be in this space. And the truth is, maybe you just love your ex and just be with the person you're in love with physically, sexually, and emotionally. I feel just because... Like we are women, we can be sisters, we can love each other and bury each other and raise children together, but we don't need to force the sexual pressure that society so forces on men on each other as women. What do you mean? I feel your partner not being something you're attracted to at a particular time, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Like, human beings biologically are not even attracted to one particular person. Yeah. Yeah, like, why are we turning science for all this romance and fairy tales that Disney has fed mm -hmm. us? I think we, especially in Kenya, we are programmed by TV so yeah. much. Everybody wants this soap opera of happily ever after, and my sister tried to take my man away from me and then couldn't. No. Quit monogamy for world peace, people. Please. Fuck. Love repeatedly, repeat every day. Fuck love, repeat. Fuck love, repeat. And also, that's <laughs> a t shirt. You're getting right. the t shirt. Spread it. Can you your questions on the back? Fuck yeah. love, repeat. <laughs> yeah, so a conversation with yourself is more important. But if sexually you're not satisfied, I, that's where now it's serious. This is revolutionary stuff. Like, go. Find your pleasure, express to your partner what you need. If you feel them playing the avatar in that role in pleasuring you, how that person would. And that conversation should be okay too. Sometimes you want things done in a particular way because they remind you of a love. And love, uh, and next needs to be something as queer women we are not trying to simplify anymore. I've seen a lot of that. Like, oh, that's my ex, that's my ex. No, we love deeply. We know ourselves. Mm. So you're not healing after a year or two. Don't fool you. <laughs> and a conversation on healing needs more honesty and you sitting with that particular person to even remind yourself where you want to sit with this soul. Yeah, and watch your energies. Take care of yourself, First of please. all, you're asking people to do so much. You are so much. You deserve all that attention as a person. Yeah, and I understand it. But you, you're, And I understand it. You know, from a grander place. And, and, <laughs> but it's such a Brother big thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like the little small things I need to do in order to get to that big picture. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a monogamous relationship yeah. and I'm attracted to my ex and now I feel like I should get what I deserve. And fuck the fact that somebody's feelings are going to be hurt no, in the process. This is a, if you haven't managed to talk to your partner honestly and tell them, I desire to be with that person. And then I think everybody's biggest fear is abandonment. Yes, and losing And that comes passing. from possession. We were having this discussion the other day. Yeah. And how our biggest, our, actually our biggest downfall as human beings is that, is possession. Possession. Is that my partner is mine. I and so if I, nuclear arms would stop, like they would destroy all of them if we would get rid of possession within ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. you tell your partner that you're attracted to somebody else, then you will lose possession of them or they will abandon you. But the truth is, like, I dare you to try. You'll be shocked. I, for real. I know it's a risk. Yeah. But I can't say. Just try to be honest with your partner. Mm. Love becomes some beautiful thing. Also for that. Like, yeah. I know it's difficult. We are scared of losing and being alone. 
But you might still end up alone for some stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah, like about being honest to each other. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're so scared of, of being lonely and being alone, but there's so many wonderful things that come out of it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most times, because <laughs> we're human beings, we have to experience that. Yeah. And you know and what? it's a path. We're not asking you to go just throw this at your partner right now. Just yeah, take your sit with yourself. With think of, process your levels of honesty and what you want to do in that area. Yeah. yeah. So I identify as polyamorous. So for me, walking into any relationship, it's, mm. you know, it's one of the things that I discuss on date number one. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm actually, I'm not possessive. Um, I, I have been in the past, yeah. but it's mm. taken a lot of work to get to like a non-possessive space and I'm, I don't even feel like I'm there a hundred percent I'm definitely very codependent but mm. I blame that shit on on like I mean I put it on my friends more than I put it on <laughs> on my lovers I'm just like why aren't you here my best friend why aren't you here <laughs> to me now I need you I'm dying um but in relationships I'm, I I feel like they can be healthier if you give each other space and just yeah. allow people to come to you yeah, and yeah. I think it's more fulfilling. Oh, she had asked us to discuss big bi in poly. She said, talk about polyamorous queers who are bisexual. I First of all, I don't know what the bisexuality has to do with anything. I think if, if you're, you're poly, polyamorous... You're yeah. <laughs> no, maybe she wanted a very specific conversation that did involve just lesbians or... Okay, so if, I'll give um, you an example. So my polyamory is, um, you know, like I've dated both um, guys and girls at the same time. Yeah. Um, which is fun. It's kind of having the best of both worlds. And I feel like those relationships are actually easier to navigate than having like a fully queer polyamorous relationship. But also I don't know because I've never had one before, so I can't say it's easier. But um, I definitely think that it's it's easier to find your tribe if yeah. you're if you're bisexual and polyamorous. It's easier to find yeah. your tribe. It's easier to, to get into like... The two times that I've been in um, serious, quote-unquote, polyamorous relationships is where I dated married couples. Yeah. So that, for me, was, like, easy to navigate. Mm. And, yeah, I think if you're, if you're a single, also known as a unicorn, then... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to sexy up being single more. It's already sexy enough, yes. Yeah. I'm single, but I'm a unicorn. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> Yeah, what do you have to say? Um, I have, I've seen repeatedly, like, as a, I am very liberated in terms of how we see sex. I, I, I don't mean, like, you can do what you want. I mean that, like, but on a level whereby I have seen a lot of queerness, especially lesbianness, be very biphobic. There's oh, a I, lot yeah, of, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I felt like deeply that, that well. conversation was coming from there. Okay. Especially when you have a primary partner who is lesbian, yeah. and you're a bi woman, yeah. and you want, you're poly. Yeah. I have seen a lot of abuse in such spaces. Okay. And I think that comes from a very ignorant space and a, an inability to negotiate to your partner on what they feel about the whole, your sexuality in itself. I think it's a conversation about your sexuality. That means she is biphobic deep down for her to have a problem with you being with a man when you are with her. Yeah. Yet it was clear, I am poly, I am bi. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, oh God, there's so many beautiful minorities. I hope you enjoy yourself. Like just being and black and, and bi and black. <laughs> You're winning. <laughs> Oppression Olympics is yours. <laughs> Hold the torch. Yeah, you'll be Muslim. Oh, damn. You won. You won. And disabled. Yeah, so I, I don't feel I have the power to negotiate, to like speak on that story. I think it's another level of oppression, like strength to you. I hope you'll be fine. Definitely beautiful babies. But I think uh, polyamory for me has been very conf- like difficult with the primary partner. I think that's where I have seen most of my stress. When yeah. it's a little casual with everybody or on the same level with everybody in terms of the access to me and the power in my life, I don't see a problem. But as a primary partner has ended up looking very possessive and attached to me each time. And I, if that's where your question was coming from, that's something else to address. Yeah. At the end of the day, communication is key. Yeah. With your partners. Be completely honest. But how honest. many times do we even communicate to ourselves? For us? Let alone another <laughs> you human know? being. Great. Anyway, yeah, that's about it for today. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, if you have any pressing issues that you want to add, for Um, me, the most important thing was to make sure that people knew where, like, nice spots to hang out or where to go on social media to access queer social gatherings. Yeah. And also where people can get health care or help that they need. And all of that stuff is in the comments below. So just like click on any of those links. I'm going to make sure that all the descriptions are very clear. And that's kind of it. And then just to answer a few questions, is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Add on Shout Shout out to all queers, especially those ones who have not found someone else to walk their path with or to share their story with. Queer dating sites? Are there any? Uh, we will create some. We will give you on the next podcast the site of where to find out like queers like you. Yeah, there are a few people working on it. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. like Tinder is my go-to. Yeah, and there are monthly queer events coming up for parties. Yeah. Uh, those so, parties can get so ratchet. Oh my God, queers are ratchet. Babe. Queers are really ratchet. I think they just queer go to means to be improper. Also, I wanna add that one. You were supposed. I I can't stand it. I hate going to a queer event and I find people seated, yeah. sipping their drinks, yeah. talking like middle-aged white men over there performing capitalism. I'm like, what is this? This is not my queer. This is not the lesbianism I fight for. I am out. Yeah, yeah that's all, people. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, just actually one more question. Yeah. Uh, regarding your podcast and yeah. this episode of this podcast, mm. I'm always worried that, you know, that like the government is going to come and try to kick us out and ban us. Yeah. Do you have that struggle with your podcast? Yeah. Because, uh, especially Ezekiel Mutuesumth, when we have addressed in a whole episode of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we worry about such things, but what is there not to worry about when you're organizing around queerness? So yeah. everything is a worry, but yeah. you pick the ones you want to yeah. stick with. Yeah. Okay. And this is one. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions or queries or things that you'd like to add, please feel free to reach out to us. You can email us on host at thespreadpodcast.com or you can hit us up on any of our social media platforms. That's at thespreadpod on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Till then, that's goodbye from me, Kaz. See you all next week. Bye-bye.
Fighting for 